Welcome everyone to Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell uh, and Rabbi Kurt Landry. We are here in Oklahoma, Fairland, Oklahoma, at the House of David. Uh, this is a special uh, Level Headed show on location right here. Pastor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to have you here at House of David and great to be on the show. So, um, Mike, we've been traveling. Uh, I've been here before. I got baptized here. Jack. I know, and I just got baptized today. So it was, it was amazing. But, but, Mike, just tell us a little bit about, you know, what we've been doing this week and, and how we've come here to the House of David and, and why you brought me here to meet such a powerful man. Yeah, well, we've had quite a week. Um, it started out, uh, we met... Um, Steve Green with Hobby Lobby and got a tour of his whole factory. And I'm going, uh, wow. I, I was calling up my guys at my factory going, look at this stuff these guys got. And that's Steve, <laughs> Stephen, Green, Stephen Green from Hobby Lobby. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah president yeah. of Hobby Lobby. Yeah, president, yeah, the president of Hobby Lobby. And he, uh, and uh, what an amazing entrepreneur and, and, and um, inventor and, and just uh, all the, the, how they run that. They, you know, they have that prototype of one of their stores. And, and you remember that? Yeah. Every little piece in there. Everything. And then they brought us into... Um, the Museum of the Bible, what they have stored there, and uh, not the one in D.C. This is right on campus there, and they're showing us the, the new things that are going to be coming in added to the Museum of the Bible in D.C. And it was just amazing, I, I, you know, with the, uh, how they store it at a certain temperature and all these artifacts. And me the most, it was kind of like going back to when I first went to Israel. Here's evidence. There's, you know, evidence that, you know, where Jesus walked, where, you know, this is it. you got all the evidence you want right. right there with that. And that. What are the odds? Yeah, what are the odds? <laughs> I mean, you go there and you kind of get level-headed, right? right. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, we went from there to uh, um, the next day. What did we do the next day? The next day we went to the prison. Oh, yeah, yesterday. The prison. That was just yeah, yesterday. We went to the prison. My new book is out. What are the odds from crack addict to CEO? And they got the first, uh, the first books passed out, and I, that's what Jack does. It was all his ministry, going to the prisons with your business uh, initiative. I got to see that, got to talk to the prisoners, and uh, I spent a lot of time in jails in solitary. So I, <laughs> I was able to relate all the terrible things that are going on in our county jails and seeing how this these prison was amazing, uh, what it was run. Different than anything I'd ever seen because... Um, in Oklahoma here, they've got it, uh, what, three of them have it, I think, or whatever it was, the prisons that... Yep, these private, the private prisons, I think they had, they have two, actually. The stuff they had in there, that the, it just changes the whole dynamics of the, for the, for the prisoners to get them, a, a, you know, to new footage on life, you know, yeah. new rehab, and get to, to learn skills to get out instead of just sitting there and staring at four walls like I did in solitary in jail, you know, yeah. it's like, and, um, but yeah, that was amazing, and then... Uh, and then it just uh, times went so fast, and then here we are at House of David with, with my rabbi, and now he's gonna be your rabbi. Yeah, I got a rabbi. <laughs> I can't wait to tell my mom I got a rabbi. <laughs> Every mother loves to hear that. <laughs> and, it, and it's you know it's all divine appointments. You know I met uh, when I was in Florida. I was actually at. Uh, uh, it was an event uh, um, that I was at at uh, Mar-a-Lago, and I met the rabbi there. Um, that was about last year. We became good friends, and he became my mentor and and um, 
And uh, so, I'm, you know, you good things, you want to keep them around, and then you want to introduce them to yeah. people. <laughs> the people you like, hopefully. People you like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I've been here, the House of David's an amazing place. I've been here, I don't know, probably three, four, five times maybe, yeah. Yeah, quite a few times now. And, and it's just such a holy place, and you can just feel the presence of God here. And that's what I like, uh, you know, I just like being here. I, I agree. It's, it's blown me away. And. Uh, Rabbi, you know, this show is called Level Headed. So we aim uh, to bring non-biased perspectives, uh, you know, keeping the, the, the godly view in mind and really pushing the word of God. But um, aside from that, taking on and talking about different things that this nation is facing, uh, that folks may be using their political bias uh, to steer the narrative. And so we try to come from God first and tell the truth and talk about some of that. And, you know, you're such an accomplished man. I've, uh, you know, just coming here and what I got to experience earlier with the baptism uh, was, was amazing. Uh, give us kind of your perspective on the world as you see it right now. And what are some of the challenges that we face uh, biblically uh, and through the spirit um, that, that you're looking to, to help push right now? Well, you know, if you really, if you look at it, and Jack, thank you, and, and Mike, for your kind words, but really we're in an identity crisis. And you know, the enemy, one of the names of Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And so he's only going to accuse that which is a lie. But a lie only sticks when you don't know your identity or you're questioning your identity. And so that's why when you see the progressives and uh, the socialists left, they're always going after your identity. The reason they have to constitutionally uh, castrate us is because if we stay true to that identity as a nation, then they cannot have their agenda. They have to remove that constitutional root from the society, and that's why they're trying to dumb us down so that we can forget who we are. That's what creates an orphan spirit. You cannot really take control over a son. Anybody who understands who they are and you have identity as born again believers, when you understand that you are the seed of Abraham, a royal priesthood, and you are kings and priests according to the order of Melchizedek, who cares what the accuser says? You know what God says, you know the word, you stand on it and faith with patience and it's going to come to pass because God's word will not come back void, but shall prosper, and that what is sent to do. But you have to first of all understand that you're a child of God. And so I would say, Jack, that the number one thing is this nation is trying to be divided, and everyone calls it race and, and gender. No, it's about pure identity. And when we all know that all children and all people are created in God's image, when God said in Genesis, let us create man in our image, that's every man, woman, and child is most valuable to, to the Lord. That's why he says he numbers the hairs of your head. He has that much love and that much compassion for everyone. And that's what we need to be offering to people. They need to be able to experience it because that is the key to prosperity in any nation. But we are so blessed in America to, to have uh, what we have. And, and, of course, the enemy, we're a threat. The enemy wants to, uh, to steal it from us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's powerful. And I want to dive even deeper on some of the solutions for that and some of the ways that, as a society, um, through guidance of, of people like yourself, Rabbi, what we can do about it. So we're going to take a quick break and come right back. This is Level Headed. 
I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell and the great rabbi next to me, Kurt Landry. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Call or go online to order your very own Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dreams feature a beautiful silky sateen weave that helps keep you cool and comfortable all night long. MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, Mike will send you a second set of Giza Dream Sheets absolutely free. That's two sets of sheets for the price of one. Just in time for colder weather, you can get Mike's new flannel sheets. Plus, get a second set absolutely free. Order now. Welcome back to Level Headed. Uh, we just had a powerful statement to end that last segment. I mean, people probably heard the, the My Pillow and My Sheets commercials just then, but, but they, were still, they were still listening, thinking about what, what Rabbi said. What do you think, Mike? Well, I think the solution you're getting, you know, to, to everything, I think it's, uh, we look at addiction in the country. That's going to unite us all. That's an opportunity for the greatest revival in history. I really believe that. I believe that right now, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day and he said, you know, Mike, he said, it would take the Great Depression where people get together and pray, you know, and pray and want, you know, reach out to God, you know, when things are really bad. And, uh, and, I said, and I said, no, we don't need the Great Depression. They were praying for physical things. I said, we have addiction. Right now, it's, it's the most, it, it crosses every, kind, every person, every family. It doesn't matter how many forks you eat with. I wrote that in my book. Yep. You know, it, it affects everybody now. And who's reaching out more for help and for hope? It's addicts and their families. And this is what's going to unite us all. Is addiction, look at it as an opportunity. And that's going to bring this country back to God. It's going to bring uh, unite everybody, all the people, and it's uh, we've, we're we are blessed, uh, um, quite frankly, to have a president that uh, you know that I can do what I'm doing with my with my ministry, with uh, with the Orlando Recovery Network. He's opened the doors for that. You know, God gave us grace. November 8, 2016. I say it every time. You know, He gave us the grace in order to have the biggest revival in history. And that's right. That's right. And in addiction. It's not just drugs. It's everything, oh, man. Everything. It's, you know, you got porn, sex, gambling, yeah. drugs, eating. You know, I mean, you name it. I mean, yeah. people have, you know, the addiction is just now. It's more it, because people are dying. Young people are dying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Um, I think physically it's dying. Physically dying. Right. Souls are dying. No, souls have been dying a long time, yeah. but they <laughs> they're not physically dying. So everybody, it's getting the attention of everybody. everybody. That's right. Every single person, or family, you know, someone, or somebody knows someone, whether a family member. I mean, it's just it's it's um, it's why it's it's everybody. I really believe. I talk to everyone, and they, everyone says, you know, it doesn't matter how many forks you eat with. It doesn't matter if you're white, brown, black. It don't matter. It affects every everyone. It's those wounds we have that we are. When they took, when God left our schools, you know, when when uh, this generations and all of a sudden we started taking these bad paths, 
and we got away from God and the family unit. You know, I go back, my book here, when I, with what are the odds from crack addict to CEO, on the back, I, my parents divorced when I was seven. Divorces weren't common then. And that, you know, I never thought that affected me. I go, I lived a fine life, you know, fine childhood. But things like that, fatherlessness and stuff, these wounds when you're a child and then trauma affects and manifests into I'm not good enough, unworthiness, um, you know, depression, all anxiety, and then they take taking drugs or t getting addicted to something to mask those pains. Exactly. And that's what it comes. Addiction's not a disease. I don't believe that. I was freed of mind by the Lord. With God, all things are possible. You need to fill those wounds and get a foundation of Jesus and. And, that, and that's it, yeah. you know. And right, right now, I'll tell you, when, my, when I launched uh, my book, the pro proceeds from my book are going to launch my Lindo Recovery Network, which is going to be a platform like, unlike any other in history to help addicts across, you know, addicts, addicts, family, everyone. And not just, okay, in 10 years we might have helped this many. No, God gave me this, uh, this platform. And it's going to be boom. There it is. And it's level-headed. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell. Uh, Rabbi Kurt, um, it's so ironic. It's not ironic, it's God, but that we're here and we're talking about wounds. Yeah. And, and, and Mike, this book that you're putting out is really one that people with wounds can really relate to. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And this is, and you know, we're on the show here, this is another thing right now. Tomorrow, uh, or January 16th, 2009, that's 11 years ago to the day when God freed me of the desires. You know, I wasn't saved that day. Don't get, you know, don't get me wrong on that. But he freed me of the desires, you know, for all the, you know, because I couldn't, by this platform he gave me. But uh, I had to learn. It was, you know, I had to learn, you know, long after that, where, why I was an addict in the first place. And it was these wounds and these, you know. So my book, you're, you know, it's going to take you on a journey that we've all been on. Yep. You know, everybody's been on in yep. one shape, in one form or another through entrepreneurship or whatever and not giving up. And God, how he protected me. We all have a calling. Everybody out there has got a calling. Right. But one of the biggest callings is to be a disciple for God. That's right. You yeah. know. And, and this Probably the biggest call. That's the yeah, biggest. It is the biggest, you know. Biggest. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, you know. And this is level-headed, and when we're trying to bring this same perspective, we're trying to keep it real, um, not go off into the fluff, and, and we're not afraid to talk about God and spirituality uh, and the, the importance of it, because like Mike's, Mike's book points out, what are the odds sometimes? <laughs> when I look at it, you know what I do in this book, you're going to see, and by the way, the cover's a hologram. It shows, uh, <laughs> it shows my drug dealers did an intervention when I was up 14 days, and one of the things they said to me when they cut me off, they said, you, you know, when I couldn't, get, I couldn't get crack anywhere, I couldn't buy it anywhere in the streets. It's 2.30 in the morning in Minneapolis. I came upstairs and he looked at me and said, give me that phone, I'm going to take a picture. You're going to need it for that book you've been telling us about. This is 10 years ago, and 11 years ago. And he said, he said, you've been telling us for years that this pillow is just a platform for God. And you're going to come back and help us all out of addiction someday. You know, and so it's come full circle. And, and um, um, you know, I just, for me... Um, you know, I've seen it all. I've been there. And, they, you know, I would always, you know, my inner pains and, and the stuff that people go through that affects it, you don't even realize it at the time. It can be one little thing in childhood, one little, you know, one little thing. But I think it's going to, well, I know it's going to help so many people get the, get, uh, you know, get the hope they need for sure. It's the hope. You know, it's a book of hope. 
and and um, and then you it'll you know when we launch the network show is the help is there, but I think um, you know showing people um, that things can be accomplished and can be overcome. Yep. And everybody can find the book at at mystore.com. Uh, you can also go to mypillow.com uh, and find what are the odds. Uh, the story of, of the great yeah, Mike Lindell. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say before. I kind of lost my track of thought there. But in the book, there are things that happen to me, and you can look at your own lives. You have a one in a million. You go, wow, that's what odds of one in a million. What are the odds? One in a billion. Something will happen to you that's one in a billion. The odds of all three of us being on this stage, probably impossible. Right? right. I, if I think back to you, I'm going, this is impossible. Well, you add them all together in your own life out there. When does it become a miracle? I use mathematics to show God's existence. I do it all the time. I'll say, you know, what are the odds of this? It's impossible. You know, if you look at the, just the mathematics of things that happen in your own life and you put them together and you say, this, this has to be God. No impossible. There's no lucky. It's only God. And uh, you talk about those wounds, and I want to go to the rabbi. Uh, and get you know get your your, your guidance here. There's so many people uh, in our in our country, all around the world, who have these wounds, um, but they oftentimes wonder why and how. Uh, and you know, you've been really teaching me in a lot of ways about the wounds, even in my community. You know, you talk about addiction, uh, you talk about fatherlessness, uh, and a lot of those things result in you becoming a drug addict or you becoming addicted to sex uh, and looking, you know, seeking out that love from from places that you probably shouldn't be. Um, Give us a little bit of of guidance here. I'm asking you for guidance because you've already guided me, but, you know, tell our audience, uh, you know, what you see in in regards to healing of the wounds. Okay, well, all of us, do this. You know, I was raised in the uh, 60s in Southern California, uh, in Los Angeles. Um, uh, so I'm very familiar with drugs and experimented with drugs. And uh, But this is the key, is anything you do that is imbalanced, it's because there's a void of self-awareness of who you are as God's child. So whether it's sex addiction, sex addiction, whether it's alcohol, drugs, money, success, whatever it is, it, it has to do with your true identity. So think about this. God always is going to bring an answer, okay? So when every child is born, I just had a grandson and uh, here uh, in the last 12 weeks. So as soon as he comes out, what do they do? The doctor lifts him up looks at his genitals and says, it's a boy. Or when my granddaughter came, it's a girl. All of you had those words spoken over you when you came out, because that's how they identify. So what the enemy does is the enemy always goes after your identity. So today, what we did is you were water baptized. And in Colossians, it says that water baptism is the circumcision of the heart for the Gentiles who believe in Jesus as Savior. So let's, do I have a minute here just to go in? Okay, so let me just share this. This is what the Lord showed us. This is why we have water baptized here at House of David over 8,000 people in two years. And this is why. Because I always ask people, when you were water baptized, did did they ever tell you that your heart was being circumcised? Well, yes or no. And what does that mean? This is why it's so important. This is the key to the power of being a Christian. Um, 
eight days after my, my Jewish grandson was born, we circumcised him according to the Bible. So what happens is we remove that foreskin, and what, what is that? And people say, oh, that's brutal. No, that is a blood covenant that that child's identity will be as the seed of Abraham in the natural and that that seed is a covenant act with the shedding of blood that that seed will reproduce after the covenant God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and not after the fall in the garden. Okay, so that's what he did for the Jews. So now here comes the non-Jews, the Gentiles, who through the Torah Jerusalem Council in the book of Acts says Gentiles do not have to be physically circumcised in the flesh, but their hearts need to be spiritually circumcised in the spirit. Now why? Because the seed reproduces after the blood covenant of Abraham. That means its identity of those children. And, and, and in my own community, in the Jewish community, you see that we really don't suffer from an identity crisis. And, and we don't suffer the the, a lot of the issues a lot of the other ethnic groups and tribes suffer from. And one of the reasons is, is because of that circumcision. It's a spiritual act, okay? But, but Christians, whether you're a Pentecostal, a Baptist, it doesn't make any difference. A Nazarene, uh, uh, it doesn't make any difference what you are. When you are water baptized, your heart is circumcised, meaning more importantly, Jack uh, and Mike, more importantly that your words come out of a circumcised heart. The scripture says, out of the abundance of a man's heart, he speaks. So that when you pray, and when you decree, and you're talking to God, you are talking to God out of a circumcised heart, so your words produce after the promise of the cross, and not produce after the fail in the garden. Every false identity, any addiction, is because that individual is rooted in the curse of the garden and he's not rooted in the cross and the redemption of becoming all things new as a new creation in Christ. Wow. wow. So this is level-headed. And that was very level-headed. Yes. And the word of God is level-headed. And so I'm going to go to break. We're going to come back with the hope report. I hope everyone takes a second and just digest what Rabbi Kurt Landry just said because it was powerful. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell, Rabbi Kurt Landry. This is Level Headed. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Call or go online to order your very own Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dreams feature a beautiful silky sateen weave that helps keep you cool and comfortable all night long. My Pillow Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, Mike will send you a second set of Giza Dream Sheets absolutely free. That's two sets of sheets for the price of one. Just in time for colder weather, you can get Mike's new flannel sheets, plus get a second set absolutely free. Order now. Welcome back, everyone. This is Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell, Rabbi Kurt Landry. Uh, and you just heard about these sheets before we get into talking about the Hope Report, Mike. I got to tell you, you changed my life with these sheets. 
You know, I saw it. They come right, right from, and they're, and they're from Africa. I'm going to say it. They are from Africa. So if you want to get a taste of Africa, buy those sheets, man. They are so comfortable. Yeah, they are the best. They are. They it's are. Just, it's so time for the hope report. Um, Mike, and you know, you've given so many people hope uh, all around the country who see you, who hear your story. You got the new What Are the Odds book that's out. Um, you know, in the country right now, I, I know a lot of hope is driven through policy. Right. You know, we got a president out there who's making drastic change changes to so many different things. And, uh, you know, you went you touched me yesterday because we went into a prison uh, and instead of going and doing some fancy book tour, you know, in the middle of Manhattan at a big bookstore, you know, you're in you're in a prison where guys are are broken and hurting. First book I handed out was there. That's right. And you're giving them hope, man. And uh, you said something. I saw you in a conversation with a guy and you were talking right. about Right. Well, they, you know, this man. is my hope that yeah, I see, time. you know, Give that they, I see so much hope. I've been put in a, a position to be even to be friends with the president of the United States and for the and to see the stuff firsthand that he's done the policies I didn't when I first met him I didn't know about Paul. I was an ex-crack addict. I didn't know anything about a liberal or conservative, a Democrat or Republican. I knew nothing until I met Donald Trump before he was president. And I figured, boy, I'm going to meet him in a private meeting. He reached out to me. I better learn what things are, right? Well, because I didn't think politics affected my daily life. I didn't think policies, and, you know, I really didn't, I never gave it a second thought. I never voted, you know. I never did anything like that. And, well, I'll tell you what, now what I've seen, it not only affects our daily life, it affects everything around us. It's probably one of the most important things, and I'm telling all of you out there, I know this firsthand. Just in the prisons alone, I went to that we went to yesterday, and we get in there, and this is a private prison now. I go, well, you know, why why would this be better? Well, I spent time in county jails. I spent 21 days in lockdown, 23 hours a day. I was in a, three walls, right? So I get in this prison yesterday. And I'm talking to these guys, and the, poly- the stuff that our president, that the administration's done, to things that were, I've seen, you know, they just done one thing alone that the Clintons put in the crack cocaine laws in, in, the, in the 90s. I think it was 94. 94. Yeah, 94, they put these in, and friends of mine were put in prison for 10 years for, for you know, with no, you know, that was a mandatory minimum type thing, and, and with no way to get help for future life inside the prison. I, I've seen yesterday, I've seen so many amazing things in there because things are changing. You're lifting, you're lifting policy and changing, lifting bureaucracy that, uh, that was you know, stopping things. Here's a good example. In, uh, in Minnesota, our uh, Teen Challenge, this is a treatment center, right? Teen Challenge, everyone's heard about them. Well, they, they went out and got uh, federal money or state money, whatever it is, one time, you know, I don't know how many years ago. And they get the money, and you know what they say? It's, guess what? You can't talk about God anymore. You can't talk about Jesus anymore. They take out, people try and ruin things and take out the things that work. And I've seen that prison, and I'll tell you, that gave me hope. That there, these guys there, they were all working in different things, learning how to be uh, chefs and barbers and your, your business thing, Jack, that yeah. you're doing. And this and is the, the geo group. Yeah, yeah. And these, they're, they're teaching these guys. And these were all, they were good guys there that I met. You know, we met them and they were, you know, I, each one of them individually. And, and, but I was talking, here's one sad thing. This gave me hope because right now in our country, the county jails are the worst. They, they're not built for long-term housing. So you sit in a county jail. I talked to a kid there, 
And um, he was, you know, like I said, I was in a 21 day in Minnesota, not out, just three walls and open space. I couldn't see anyone and nothing to do in there. And that you, that's torture. I mean, there's no, there's nothing. And this kid had been 80 some days, or no, eight months. Eight months, eight months in, a, in a wall with nothing to read, but some, you know, like four old novels. That you, you can't read them over and over again. And this is, the, these, what the judges are doing, a lot of them in this country, I won't name the states, one of them's Alabama. Um, they, uh, they, they, uh, there's a packet there where this judge is sentencing these people that are on meth to thinking he's going to teach them a lesson to six, seven, eight months in the county jail. And, and there's nothing for them to do but stare at three walls and just disintegrate their mind. And that's sad. But the prisons, that gave me hope because these, you know, these private prisons, they're doing stuff to rehabilitate and bring people, you know, get people a foundation. Not only of God, but of other things to do, things that just, you know, um, for a skill to, right. to read, to, you know, second chance of life. I gave my speech there and I said, in my book on January uh, 16, 2009, I had that day. When I went to bed that night, I went to bed that night and I, told, and I prayed to God. I said, I want to wake up in the morning and never have the desire again. People say, well, Mike, was that your bottom? Let me tell you about a bottom. I made sure I didn't have any money left or anything. But I knew that day there'd be two reels for the rest of my life. Reel A, where I'm at now with this big platform and my calling, or reel B on a movie theater. It'd be like a movie theater changing to the second feature. And then reel B would be whatever it would have been if I wouldn't have quit that day, if I wouldn't have chose another path. You know, that's why, you know, I just, uh, I just think policy, the hope for my hope is I see things being moved and because it's common sense, it's level-headed, Jack, this this president and this president and this administration is doing things that are level-headed, that's helping things you couldn't even think of, you know, look at our trade thing with China, let's talk. Let's talk about it. And, and, you know, I I saw a post uh, yesterday from Paula White and she was listing off all the president's accomplishments. Um, And so when you you start seeing that, and you said this before, Mike, sometimes policy is in line with God or it's not. And so throughout the Bible, you talk about visiting the prisons and going into the prisons. Throughout the Bible, it's a a reason why you see the prisons brought up so so many times. And it's the reason why, you know, you see the poor and the folks in poverty is because we are supposed to live a life of service. Uh, And sometimes service comes through uh, the policies that we put in place. And, you know, when you look at uh, and you hear the rhetoric sometimes, and I want to go to you, uh, Rabbi, uh, you hear the rhetoric from the left a lot of times and we're talking about everything's so divided, we're so divided. But then, I, you know, I was, we were flying in here yeah, and, yeah. I, and on my phone I see we got a trade deal with China. Right. It was supposed to be the arch enemy. Uh, we got a trade deal with Mexico and Canada and that wasn't supposed to be done. Um, we see that when you look at unemployment and Mike, you brought this up earlier, you know, women in the work force are outpacing and out earning men now uh, yeah, yeah. in our in our I country. But but the president's supposed to, you know, he's 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 supposed to be, you know, sexist. Right. Uh, you know, if you listen to the left and, and then you see, you know, African-Americans in our country, he passes the First Step Act and you were in the prisons. Yeah. No one says a bad thing about the president in the no, prisons right. because they're happy he's getting rid of these mandatory minimums right. that are locking so many people up. Right. And then you go on and on. He's giving more money to historical black colleges 
colleges and universities than any president in the history of America. Um, and you see what he's doing with opportunity zones going into the poorest areas, right. just like Jesus tells us to going into the poorest areas and incentivizing our entrepreneurs and business people to go in and invest. So, you know, policy after policy, um, you're seeing things that are bringing people together. Well, that's a level-headed, common-sense businessman. That's like when I first met him. And then he surrounded himself with, like, my good friend, uh, Secretary Ben Carson. I mean, you talk about those opportunity zones. You just, it's such, it's so common sense. You wonder why nobody did it sooner. You know, you wonder. You know, you just wonder. It's because, you know, it's all, that's what, that's the thing I don't like when I've learned about politics. Why would you do something just to be a politician if it's going to hurt the general, the people that are that they're supposed to be serving? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You know that doesn't see that's not level-headed. It's not level-headed. <laughs> so, so, Rabbi, you're probably the most level-headed person in this room right now. So, I'm going to I'm going to toss it to you. And I know the word says we're supposed to pray for our leaders. You know, and God and, and God is the one that anoints us with kings. Just give us your perspective. Yeah, we are to pray, but let, let's look at this. Uh, about policy. For me, spiritually, I'm I'm a man of God. I'm not a politician, but I pray and we use the influence the Lord gives me for policy. And the reason that the policy I bring is to be balanced with the Bible. Anytime you have a policy like taking care of widows and orphans, okay, balance scales, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, Blessing Israel, I will bless those. Cursing Israel, I will curse. Anytime you do something that is biblically correct, it brings that intangible but tangible blessing upon the nation. Mm. And that's why policies to take care of people in, we need to have our politicians, if we're a Judeo-Christian country, then we need to know what is the Judeo-Christian policies for maintaining governmental decisions that are being made by uh, by these policymakers, is it does it align with the scripture? Because if it does, then we'll be blessed. If it doesn't, then we're fighting in the flesh, and and that's really the the key is is everything that you just said and everything in the prison and 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 the thing is you are not honoring a human being by cookie cutting a punishment for an individual that has made a mistake. Now I I just want to speak that uh, to one of these cameras here because I don't know who's watching. I'm gonna speak to this camera. Any one of you who have ever driven drunk, where you wake up and you go, oh my gosh, and and you get up as quick as you can, and before you get coffee and go to the bathroom, you look outside because you wanna see if it's your car in the driveway, because you don't have any clue. I know who I'm talking to. You don't have a clue how you got to that bed. The fact that you did not hit another car and get guilty of manslaughter or pulled over for a DUI or whatever and didn't end up in jail, it's only by the grace of God that that didn't happen to you. And so what happens is a lot of times people, uh, they'll go into the crack, they'll go into the meth, they'll go into the different things. I'm, I'm here to tell you as a pastor, I've been pastoring a lot, long time, it is all the same sin. People are hurting. They have a lack of identity. I'm not making excuses, but they make bad choices. Here's the key. All people need to make bad choices. But just as the just judge, one of the names in the Bible of God, he is a just judge. We have to have just policies Mm. that line up with grace and mercy. 
And I'm not talking about compromise, but grace and mercy was extended to each one of us. Amen. And we need to extend grace and mercy through every policy, particularly to the unborn. We need but, to extend amen. grace and mercy because that's God's heart. So God's heart and God's word needs to be at the root of all policies in the United States. We're going to put it on our money in God we trust, and let's trust in his ways. Oh. You know, you bring up, when you bring up the unborn there, I had it just for myself, my platform. I, if it doesn't match my biblical principles, my biblical, my biblical beliefs, my, you know, my spiritual, my faith, I had a good example. I had a Republican in the last election said, Mike, will you do a donor event for me? I said, I said, no, you're pro-choice. Of course I'm not going to. She goes, well, what do you mean? She says, I'm kind of in the middle. I go, there's no kind of in the middle. And I said, here would be the headlines. Mike Lindell goes against his Christian values to back a Republican. I said, no, I back what I believe in. I make the right choices according to the Bible. And people say to me all the time, and I'm going to throw this in there because it kind of reminded me. When I used to pray all the time before I got saved, and people that their prayers go unanswered out there, well, I wasn't in the Word. And it might not have been God's will, that prayer. Well, now, you know, I see that the prayer, God's will is in the Word, and if you're praying it's matching what's in the Word, it just might have a good chance of being answered. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You know, and Jack, I'll say this. I do some consulting, and when I consult with businesses, everyone say, well, you're going from your past business experience. Yes, about 30%. But the 70% that I'm bringing is I am looking for biblical balance because any place, known or unknown, the scripture says my people perish for lack of knowledge. I'm looking inside the bottom line in a business, particularly when, uh, when profit areas are, are, are being robbed. I said, okay, where is, the, where is the spiritual door that's opened here in the policy in this corporation? We can close that door immediately it stops the enemy from robbing the profitability of that, of that company. Wow. So I go right into the principles. So what we want to do is we want to take our lives, our families, we want to lay it over godly principles. We want to take our businesses, we want to take our fellowship, and all of it has to be, if you're going to have the joy of the Lord that is our strength, J, Jesus has to be first, others have to be second, and yourself is third. Mm. And if you'll follow that three-step mm. program in your life, you're going to have joy. And the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. And I can tell you, as an example, you'll have much more when you put yourself in that third place. You'll physically have more. You'll be blessed. But the biggest thing is you can enjoy the blessings of God. Wow. Wow. Joy. That's level-headed, and we got to end the show on that. Uh, we got a lot of things that, you know, particularly, you know, Rabbi Kurt just came and, and gives you something to reflect on. And so this is level-headed. You know, this is a show that we hope can, can make life for you and your family and your communities better. Uh, we want to stay positive, and we want to praise God, uh, and at the same time, you know, we just want to live a life of serving. And like, like we say, Mike, we, we live our words through the work of our hands. Thank you all for, for tuning in this week. It's been a special show. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell. Rabbi, thank you. Thank you. Honored. Yes, this is Level Headed, and see you next week. God bless you. God bless. Yeah. Shalom. <laughs>